the Finicky Podcast, and we are doing it again. This time, I'm not here with my own children. No, no, no. I'm here with Jake the Snake and Sam. Oh, we got to give you a nickname. Sam. Sam the Sam. Oh, the lioness. Sam I am. Sam the lioness. That's, yeah, dude, that's first grade. All right. First grade? Dude, I've always been a lioness. I protect my cubs. Okay. (laughs) Okay. All right. It is week uh, 10 or 11. It's one of those weeks, and we are here. uh, And uh, Thursday Night Football just ended. Snake, did you uh, did you partake? Did you watch the uh, bloodbath that was Thursday Night Football? A little bit of it, yes. At the at the beginning, and then there was a big portion I didn't see, but I did see the Mark Andrews injury. Oh yeah. And I just now. I don't know if you've even checked your phone. It sounds like he is out for the season. Oh! Don't say that to me. Just, just ESPN sent a thing. It says Harbaugh says. Oh my gosh! Obviously, by the time this comes out, this will be old news. But at the time, at this very moment, like Adam Schefter reports, you know. We got breaking news, Sam. You have, uh, you have Mark Andrews. Tell me, explain to me the pain. So. Julian, you were there with me when uh, I, wa- I watched you it when was... I was doing my draft. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That and I saw you suggested in the draft <laughs> to have a solid stack. Oh, no. Which it was Lamar yeah. Jackson and Mark Andrews, Yeah. which I did some further research. And, you know, after your insight, dude, they were the, the hottest targets behind uh, Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. It's a fun idea. And. In a PPR league, let's just say Mark Andrews was having a hell of a season. He was. Until now, where He's... he is gone. I watched, uh, Sam, I watched the light fade from his eyes. Uh, and the funny thing was that, because, uh, yeah, it was, it was Mark Andrews was down, and then he was up, but now he's not coming back. And it all happened with just three kids piled on his lap, uh, all eating snacks and stuff. And it just, yeah, it's just uh, when... There's smiling young faces and sad old faces. It's a hell of a juxtaposition. So that was entertaining. I enjoyed that. Sorry about that, Sam. That's that's miserable. And I'm sure Zach is living some terrible form of that, wherever he may be. Um, Well, and Chris, too. You've made that very clear. Chris. Shit, that's right. Chris. Oh, man. Yeah, I I really thought that was a cool idea for everyone – but me, uh, and for that, I now I now apologize. I apologize subtly. I think it was a good run, and uh, it's a fragile system, fantasy football. So uh, uh, I didn't think that would happen, but um, hey, uh, anything can happen. It's fantasy football. So um, moving on from the death of Mark Andrews, we'll get back to that when we get to Zach's matchup. Uh, Snake tomorrow. Is your turkey day? One of them, yeah. One of one many. Of, one of several. One of yes. Uh, are you ready? Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, this one is the easy one. This is with my family um, at my parents' house. I, I'm not ready. They just moved into 
a, a much smaller house than we're used to. So it is, um, it is a lot of people jammed into a very small place. And we're talking like, what are there now? Six kids. So it's, uh, it's a lot of, it's a, it's very loud. So I'm not, I don't know if I'm prepared for that. I mean, then you live that life almost every day. So I mean, this is you, but, um, but yeah, so, uh, this is the easy one. It's the one that I go to the East side. That's the one that's, uh, that one is, uh, so you tackle your West side, you do your West side Thanksgiving tomorrow, which is like a week in advance. And then for the actual Thanksgiving, you go across the mountains. Well, I mean, my, my family, it's, we do our holidays kind of whenever we can, because there are such weird um, schedules. My yeah. brother-in-law, the helicopter pilot, who he's home for a week and then he's away for a week. And then my sister's a nurse and uh, it's just a whole lot of scheduling issues. My mom's a flight attendant. So it's the, the you know, it's a whole lot of scheduling issues. So we kind of do it when we can. And Friday is what worked. So that's what we're doing. So we're starting it off tomorrow. You would think the helicopter pilot could be wherever he wanted, whenever he wanted. You think that would be? You the know, whole... that's funny. Yes, he should. The Except benefit. for he's Astoria for that time, so he can't really. Uh... Yeah, it's close enough. He could probably land on the front lawn and then just like you know come in, eat, and then buzz helicopter away. capital of the world, Astoria. I hear. Um, okay. Well, we are, um, on our side, we are, we aren't so much doing a lot of things. We have a lot of Thanksgivings where we're attending because, uh, we were smart when we were having kids and we're like, Hey, let's just have Cal a day before Thanksgiving. And then, you know, Thanksgiving moves around. So sometimes it's a few days early. Sometimes it's on the day of, and we haven't had that yet, but now we're at the day before. So, um, it's Cal's birthday the day before uh, really Thanksgiving. Planning on your part, and let that be known for everyone, anyone who's really wanting to plan. You know, if if you really want to plan having kids, double up, so that, double it up, man, double, it, double up. it up, and also make it so that you can force family to kind of do your schedule, not yes. their schedule. Yeah, when it's a kid's birthday, they have to do what you want to do. Take the initiative. Don't slack yeah. off. Get it together. Yeah, that's good Good family advice there. Emily was like, let's have the baby on the 6th. I was like, hold it. Hold Keep it. Keep that thing in there. For weeks. And let's just see when we, maybe how close we can get this thing to Thanksgiving. Um, so, uh, yeah, we're, we're figuring that out. And planning birthdays is, uh, oh, a nightmare. But that's also, I mean, it's throwing a party. It's just throwing a party for tiny little people who don't drink. So... It's a little bit different. And uh, and then we'll do that, and then we'll do the family party, and then, you know, uh, parenthood. Oh, and then Apple Cup. Apple Cup. Are you going to Apple Cup? No, you'll be gone. You'll be, you'll be traveling. <laughs> yeah, no, we're, we're not going. Um, and even if, as much as I would love to go to it, I would not love to go to it because I am emotionally not ready for said Apple Cup. It doesn't feel like, uh, I mean, here's the thing. It doesn't feel like we should win, but every year that it feels like we should win, then you're worried we're not going to win. So no, now that it's like we shouldn't win, well, there's less expectations on this. However, it is the also the final Apple Cup. So I don't know. I'm going to go. I'm going. I'm in the absolute bleediest of nosebleeds. And, you uh, are. 
Oh yeah, not- we're, with, I think that means it's a real cougar ticket. I think we're going to be amongst many cougs. I think they pushed us up in the deep, dark, hellish recesses where uh, season ticket holders they don't get these tickets. These are just way high above, uh, omnipresent only, almost of just uh, floating over the field. We're so high up. So anyway, we're going to do that. It's going to be brutal, um, and we're going to we're going to partake in the final Apple oh. Cup. And see how that goes. I watched. Well, just I just hope that the Beavs this weekend God, take God. them down the notch, beat them, and then they are just so like, oh man, we're out of it now that they <sighs> don't come in with their with the. Because here's the problem. Let's say they beat the Beavers, which by the way, did you see? They're not. Um, the Beavers are favored. Beavers are favored. Bottom, don't say a fucking thing. You keep don't those you curses in your goddamn. You keep them on the inside. Don't say a fucking so, yeah. thing. But anywho, so like, I just know like if if fucking if the Huskies if they beat the Beavers, then all of a sudden they're gonna come in all big dick and wanting to really show us for the Apple Cup. But if they come in and the Beavers beat them, right, they'd have less to play for. Also, maybe. if the Beavers beat them, and then we beat them. I'm not quite sure how the math works out, but there's a is there a chance, basically, maybe, kind of, that the that UW then doesn't even make the Pac-12 championship? Either way, two losses, yeah, I, and you're not guaranteed the CFP, which is like $20 million, which UW swimming in money doesn't even matter anyway. It's more of the principle. But it would be nice to be that win that, like, either ruins their undefeated season or just takes them out of the CFP. Because I watched how... I watched how happy Oklahoma State was to beat Oklahoma in the final bedlam. And, like, because Oklahoma's going off to the SEC. And it's like, yeah. I want that. That's what I want. I want to be that happy. That's the level of happy that I desire. Yes. And you might witness it firsthand, or you could be in the belly of heartache. Yeah, but, I mean, it's I'm also at that, like, what more can you do to me? Right? You're just going to sit there and go, eh. Yeah, I got your money, right? I got your money. It's my money now. I don't know. Yeah. It's, uh, it's it's not a it's not a good place to be. But uh, we're rolling the dice. I'm not afraid of a little conflict. Uh, all right. Uh, let's take a look at Finicky and where we're at. There's a lot to look at here. Um, get this fucking thing out of here. Get out of here. I move. I can't. Ugh. Um. Oh, here we go. Here's our rankings. So. Oh, God, Snake, you are seven wins. You have seven wins, and you have an 87% chance of making the playoffs. Congratulations. I'm very proud of you. You're ruling ruling the East. I am in a meager fourth place. Uh, It's funny. I'm in fourth place at 5-4-1, and and I have better odds to make the playoffs than Bliss does, which is, um, by saying it out loud, probably voiding it. But Bliss only has a 40% chance of making the playoffs. Well, I have, I have 47. So suck it bliss. Yeah, you're on your heels. I'm moving on. Um, and See, then, I, uh, I want to know why. That's I don't understand. Yeah, it's just in the metrics. Don't make any sense. I guess it has to do with who he's playing. But, but then in the West, uh, Lamarck Jandrews, who has just suffered a great loss, and we'll talk more about that later. He's in the lead, 74% chance. Uh, and you've got bottom with a 64% chance. So that's all looking good. And then I'm looking at points, points forced, points allowed. 
Uh, JP has by far scored the most points in the league. He's uh, 1,799 points, which is plenty of points. And you're in second place behind him. You're more than 100 points behind him. And after that, it's kind of all ballpark, except for Stephanie, who is just well behind everyone. It gets interesting, though. Points allowed. Ah, Snake, I got to say, buddy, you faced the least points in the league. You're going to win the trophy, which I don't even remember what that trophy's called. I think it's the – I got to look it up. I got to look up what the trophy is for the least points allowed. I think it's the Boise State Award. Oh, my gosh. I was thinking at first, I was like, what are you talking about? But I forgot when you used to hand out all of those random – Well, they're automated. We set them at the beginning when we started Finicky like a decade ago. Yeah. All these automatic trophies to be handed out at the end of the year. And the Boise State Most Bitchiest Season Award for Least Points Allowed. Uh, Yeah, you're on your way. It's you and Zach actually leading the way. Uh, 1,400 and 1,500. Um, and you're not going to like this. Well, I'm going to like, I mean, I'm not going to like this. Most points faced is fucking me. What the fuck is that about? Why does everyone do this? Why do you put your best game on for the commish? I've faced 200 more points than you have. I faced an additional entire matchup. It's frustrating. That's because anytime it's close, you fudge the numbers and then you end up with a victory. Don't so that's get, how that's- you know, don't, don't get on my strategies. I just, I, I do it works, okay? I'm a, I make it happen. All right. <sighs> all right. I think we've addressed all of the finicky standings. I think it's time to move on to the matchups. Uh, what do we got? First up and foremost, we have OJP versus Stephanie. Um, well, Stephanie has Joe Burrow, so this is timely. Uh, <laughs> Jay is, I mean, Stephanie's season was already over, but I guess now is the talking point. Is it more over? Is Joe Burrow <laughs> coming back at all? Um, I didn't notice. What? They replayed it a few times. I didn't realize it's a non-contact injury. Like, he just tried to throw a football and hurt himself. That's not what you want to see. Because it's his hand, right? It's his, his fucking hand. That's the important yeah. part for the quarterback. Well, he couldn't grip the ball, but it was also the elbow. Oh. If you watch him on the sidelines, it was his elbow that, like, he couldn't, like, rotate. And, like, he couldn't get his elbow above 90 degrees. It's like a funny bone injury. Yeah. That's not funny at all. Well, not for Stephanie. Um, so, well, if Stephanie wasn't fucked before, super fucked now. Uh, and, um... JP is an unstoppable points machine with his fucking Big 12 quarterback combination of Justin Herbert and Tua. I just faced JP. I put up a pretty good showing. If I had had a kicker that scored more than three points, I would have been there. I think I scored 175 essentially without a kicker. Uh, But he still put up 195, and that's because of his stupid Big 12 quarterback combinations of Herbert, Tua. Tua didn't even play. But he had that Herbert Keenan, and together those guys put up 60-something fucking points. And he's got Christian McCaffrey. So, I don't know. Is uh, Outside of Christian McCaffrey dying the death he deserves, is there a way to stop JP? I mean, Tony Pollard has been awful. That's true. Tony Pollard should have been his best player. 
I mean, he had a, an unstoppable force between the, the best running backs with, with Tony Pollard and Christian McCaffrey, and he did not get that. So, I mean, what we said at the beginning of the year, I remember, was talking about Christian McCaffrey and how, oh, this is the year he's going to get hurt. And maybe this is the year. Maybe maybe that – maybe the, the injury is coming. But – Man, that guy's good. They jinxed <laughs> it. They put out as much of a jinx as they possibly could have last week when they literally the game's over. It's like a 30 to 3 game. I know that because we didn't kick any fucking field goals outside of the like one. Uh and it's it's a nothing game. In the fourth quarter, deep in the fourth quarter, 5 minutes left or whatever, and Shanahan is running Christian McCaffrey into a wall of people trying to keep his touchdown streak going. If there is any justice, if there's any football justice, that person breaks a leg. Christian McCaffrey should have broken all of his legs on those plays, and Kyle Shanahan is a godless monster without any regard for human life. That's how I feel about it. That's ridiculous. Can you imagine if he would have gotten injured on the play that right? he didn't be in? Like, that would have been, um, I don't even know how, like, what they would have talked about. Like, 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 let's just say, like, he felt, let, what if he had a, you know, Lamar, you know, the, the Mark Andrews, you know, whatever his ankle thing that he had. Like, right. he got just tackled funny and something bad happened. it could happened. have easily happened. There's just no fear of the jinx there. I don't understand. It doesn't make any sense. Like, good God. I kind of is not afraid of losing Christian McCaffrey. And especially since they made it very clear. I mean, he was out of the game and they brought him back in when they got close. It was very obvious that they were going to do three plays in a row to him. And that's exactly what they did. And they didn't get anywhere with it. So as wild, wild stuff. Should have broken his legs. You got lucky, JP. All right. Well, we're going to say JP wins this one because uh, for all of the obvious reasons, we're moving on. Um, the next matchup is Tez versus Zach. Zach being number one in the West. Um, and right now it is... Um, uh, who is it favoring? It's still favoring Zach, even though it's 46-29 and Tez. Um, and Antez got 22 points out of the Cincinnati kicker. Got himself a Ravens victory. Not the most tackles out of Roquan. And then a pretty shit game out of Tyler Boyd. Whereas Zach got 23 from Lamar. Two from a broken, dead corpse of Mark Andrews. And, uh, sorry. <laughs> sorry <laughs> Too Sam. soon. Sorry, Sam. And four points from Jordan <laughs> Stout. So, uh, I don't know. What do we think? Is, uh... I mean, he's got to change his team name at this point, but is, is Zach too banged up to survive this? Is, is, I don't know. It's not a lot to face with Chris Antez. He's only having two wins, but there's a lot of formidable people on this team. Is there any chance Antez gets the upset? It's, it's always possible. I mean, I'm really curious with, with Antez, his um, Dorian Thompson-Robinson pickup. I'm oh, very yeah. curious to see how that plays out against Pittsburgh. I think it's uh UCLA's own bottom. I saw that 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 was that this morning or it was yesterday. I was like, oh, like well, I mean, 
very interesting decision from Cleveland to be able to switch it up at quarterback. Um, I mean, with I mean, obviously Watson out for the season, but the fact that they went away from, you know, uh, PJ Walker, who they have been using, but um, it's going to be interesting since he was so bad the first time they had him in there, and so it'll be really interesting to see how he does. And uh, so I think that there's a big question mark there. It could be a disaster, really. And uh, if that's the case, then I think that it still is in Zach's favor. But uh, right. But and however that works, though, you got to think it also affects Amari Cooper. Amari <clears throat> Cooper, which uh, Zach asked, but isn't really relying oh. on. Um, I'm most curious, I think. Well, I'm kind of curious about Travis Etienne since he was a nothing burger last week. But Josh Allen, what the fuck is going on with Josh Allen? Uh, he feels Dude, like, is he a Madden curse? Game? Are we going Madden curse now? He looked bad. He, he looked bad. bad. Bad throws. And he fired the off- they fired the offensive coordinator, which usually you don't do when things are going well. Uh, so that's a Madden curse, like, check mark alone. But now he's getting, like... I mean, I don't know if it's just I listened to a couple different pods and they said stuff that I remember when they were talking about a long time ago. Well, you know, when the Russ trade went down, all this shit came out. They're like, you know, we tried actually to trade Russ to the Browns so that we could take Josh Allen. And I thought that was so interesting because like, oh, yeah, whatever. It's fun to say now. But like, yeah, right now, Josh Allen is actually looking a lot like Russ. Uh He's throwing these interceptions. He's running around willy-nilly. He's breaking up the play. He's running all these broken plays, and they fire the offensive coordinator, and I don't know if anyone really feels like that fixes it. I think that, I mean, personally, I've always felt like Buffalo just has a shit running game. I couldn't believe they didn't bring in Derrick Henry, but, like, yeah. Like, is firing the offensive coordinator going to fix Josh Allen? Did that ever fix Russ? Like, what's going to happen here? Yeah. I mean, he just, he was making really bad throws and, um, and I think it was a lot on him. I think that he's just the scapegoat the, the, uh, the, the offensive coordinator just unfortunately is the scapegoat for just bad decision-making all around. And, uh, you know, well, they did have their see. best years with a different offensive coordinator. They, I mean, you bring back the, what's the, what's his face from the fucking giants and maybe it all works all over again. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he needs the right handhold. But here's the thing, too, is they have, I believe I heard that they have, like, if not the hardest, one of the hardest schedules remaining. And, like, you know, and and the thing is, I mean, it doesn't, I mean, it starts right here, too. Like, the Jets, despite how awful their offense is, is their defense is is really good, especially with, uh, you know, taking away the long ball, which is what Josh Allen's only saving grace has been. And so, I mean, they could lose this game. Like, they really could. And, uh and that then, you know, puts puts Zach in a tough space because, you know, in Finicky, you know, when you – I mean, you got 23 from Lamar. That's a good place to start. But if Josh Allen doesn't get more than 10 points, that could put you in a really tough spot. But, right, depending on yeah. whatever happens to DTR. But, yeah, no, I totally agree. Well, and Baker Mayfield versus San Francisco. I don't know. I well, the, other, the other aspect before we move on that I'm really curious about is um, – is on Zach's team, uh, the Puka Nakua, because obviously he was a no-name person before he played the Seahawks in the first game of the season. And so I'm very curious to see, and with Matt Stafford coming back, obviously I hope he does terrible, but um, I'll be very curious to see how, how with Stafford back playing Seattle, um, 
And then at home this time, and I'll be very curious to see. They didn't have yeah, cup last cup time, there, so. but yes, obviously we were. We all, we obviously hope the worst for all of them. But uh, it is interesting to see uh, what what Puka Nakua looks like in this game uh, with Cooper Cup on there. Uh, I just somebody mentioned that uh, the Rams have beat us at home with John Wofford. So you know, um, I'm I'm not. I'll always be cautious, I guess, now when we play the Rams. But I'm hoping we demolish the shit out of them. But it's Puka versus Tyreek. Amon Ra versus Tyler Lockett. Uh, Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall on Antez's team mean that, like, yeah, let's see how this Buffalo game goes, and maybe that changes everything. I don't know. But uh, he's also got – It's a good good matchup. Antez has that one thing that always turns me off of a team when I always vote against him, and it's when you've got your quarterback, Baker Mayfield – going against your defense, 49ers. And with that, I think that he's going to do himself in. And despite the death of Mark Andrews, uh, Lamarck Andrews will probably survive. All right. On to the next one. Oh, shit, it's me. Uh, Bliss. <sighs> Bliss versus me. This is an epic battle. I will say I am favored heavily, but I have also lost a lot of matchups to this dirty shitty gross man that is ben bliss uh all matchups i should have won and uh so i'm i'm not i'm not gonna i'm I'm not gonna relax i'm gonna keep a a very tempered eye on this i i think my number one question about this matchup is trevor fucking lawrence uh everyone lost their face in him last week uh i did because he fumbled and threw an interception in field goal range you piece of shit so uh yeah, Trevor Lawrence versus Tennessee would usually be an easy bucket. Is Trevor Lawrence, is he okay? Or is the Jags okay? Is this is that actually 15 points? What do you think? I don't think so. I, the things that I've been reading is, I mean, a lot of, um, like, a lot of analysts are saying that he this is it. Like, he is done for the season. You cannot rely on him anymore. Wow. He is not going to – this is – they're taking their loss on saying that this is going to be his year. And uh, as someone who has Calvin Ridley, I, I mean, it's bad, man. It yeah. is really – he's – you know, I don't think – I think he's going to be – fine in the long run but at the same time like this is not this is not the year this is not the year for him and um i mean the problem is though in our two quarterback league what better option do you have because it's not going to be you know aiden o'connell against freaking miami like like you gotta kind of roll with them but it's just unfortunate you know it's um, i i think 15 is a very lofty expectation though for uh, trevor lawrence well, there's two things that jump out to me on this. I'll let you pick it, but I will say he's starting the Raiders defense, and I'm starting the Dolphins defense. And um, there's well, no way he's playing the Raiders defense. I'm feeling pretty good about my defense. And uh, also, he's got DeAndre Swift on the bench and AJ Dillon starting. So maybe Bliss isn't done here. Maybe he's drunk. I'm hoping he's drunk. Uh, but I'll let you. I'll let you pick who's gonna win this bad boy. I mean, he did beat me last week, but that's because he got I, – I played against him – well, he was fortunate to play against me when I didn't have, oh, Hertz or A.J. Brown or the 
Elliot from, you know, all of the, the bye weeks that I had that I knew I was going to have to deal with at that time. But he also benefited from having the Jameer Gibbs coming out and continuing his resurgence and Bijan Robinson finally doing something good. But I agree. Ben Bliss is a piece of shit. And so I think it's hard to say that, you know, I think Bliss is going to win. It's just, a ha- I mean, he has to win. I, I mean, fate would say this is a, this is a Bliss victory, 100% guaranteed. Damn it, Bliss, you win. There's nothing I can do about it. You're a guaranteed win. I wish there was some way for me to stop it. You're obviously a guaranteed victory. And I'm powerless. Absolutely powerless. I mean, what? You're running a, a, a rookie quarterback. And, uh, Who trusts and, those uh, guys? Has-been Dallas wide receiver. And, uh, and uh, you know, and a, a, a rookie running back who's played yeah. three games, who's still in the top ten of the league. Yeah. That, you know, oh, don't even think about my distracted have, tight end. He's not and even barely playing football. Yeah. Football. yeah. Yeah, you, you have stand no chance. It's no over. Chance. It's fucking over. It's over. All right. Well, let's move on. There's nothing to talk about anymore. Moving on to uh, oh, a little thing called Jacob Moore, the snake, versus Andrew Lau, the nasty. This is a really good one because you're first in the East, and he's fifth in the East, yet he's only three wins behind you. It's still striking distance, and right now... Uh, the projections are, are, aren't that far off. I mean, the real, the real thing is you got to ask yourself here. Is Justin Fields back for sure? And because you've got Justin Fields and Jalen Hurts. And he's rolling out Jordan Love and Joshua Dobbs, which are like, I mean, he's got a lot of Green Bay. And so, like, if Green Bay really makes it a game with the Chargers, which really, if any team in the fucking league is going to give – a game to Green Bay. It's going to be the Chargers. These guys should be the best team in football, yet somehow everyone they play is playing their best game. So you've got Romeo Dobbs, Aaron Jones, Jordan Love. That's basically the core of the Swamp Nasties. And then Cowboys defense has been the star this whole time. Uh, I don't know if he'll stick with Jordan Brooks, but he's got Seahawks coach versus Rams. He's got a lot of Seahawks on the bottom end. DK's ready to hopefully, if DK shows up against the Rams, great. Uh, Gus Bus already went for 18. And then we pivot over to you and Joe Mixon, almost as much as the Gus Bus, but had a pretty good game. Um, are you feeling okay about the Browns D versus Pittsburgh? I mean, they'll have to win that game. Oh, I mean, I'll tell you what, just in general. You're starting Deontay Johnson, so you don't feel too great about it. No, no. I mean, but in general, I mean, Nasty always is very scrappy against me. I always I feel like I play him more than anyone else. And I just he has my number. So I, I can't ever feel comfortable when I'm playing against Lyle. And so um, and this is uh, this is one of those matchups that's a little scary, you know, because, uh, you know, a lot of the heart of my team is is relied upon Philadelphia and uh, Kansas City is not an easy matchup. And, uh, you know, while there's a few, uh, you know, like Raheem Mostert versus Las Vegas is, is, a, is a great matchup for. But 
I don't know. A-Chain is coming back, and I don't know. How much is he going to take away from that? Um, of course, you know, Lyles, Cowboys, D against Carolina, the probably the worst team in the league. is a, It's a terrifying, terrifying thing to look at. So I don't know. Anything could happen here. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm more or less playing Deontay Johnson just because my other options weren't so good. Um, yeah. You know, and... Uh, well, it really so all we'll resides see. on the scoring for you. It's Eagles based with Hertz, Elliott, AJ Brown. So it's like if that Kansas City game or if Philadelphia rolls, which maybe they will, maybe they won't. But if that, if that, as long as that KC Philly game is high scoring, you're in good shape. But if it's yeah. a fucking thirteen to seven slugfest, uh. Then it's really down. It's down that and green. So Green Bay versus Chargers. Those are the two games that'll decide this. And maybe Joshua Dobbs just becoming fucking the guy. I don't know, but that that Dobbs Hawkinson connection. That's a it's a new threat. It's a new threat in finicky. So we'll see how it goes. Um, you know, ooh. obviously, I hope Do- like Joshua Dobbs doesn't do well. But I tell you what, that is a pretty cool story. Just in the as far as the NFL is concerned, like Absolutely so, like insane that Dobbs, that Cleveland had Dobbs and Baker, and they were like, "All right, we got to make a change here." <laughs> and now Cleveland, Cleveland is just in and, the worst space. And not that much further ahead of that, Pittsburgh also Pittsburgh had Dobbs. And, and That's Pittsburgh's- right. Quarterback situation sucks too. So it is just wild. It is just a wild, you know, and very well the way that he's playing, he might, he might just retain that starting quarterback job. Yeah. And they might let Cousins walk. Everyone it's kicking crazy. tires on a former whatever top three round pick. He'll be a hell of a lot cheaper than Kirk Cousins, that's for sure. I will say, Sam and I watched, uh, so Chap was sick. So he stayed home, and uh, naturally, we watched um, Draft Day and Moneyball. And uh, he was entertained in both for some reason. And when we were watching Draft Day, they were talking about, you know, at the end when the draft is going on and the quarterback, uh, fucking Bo, fucking something, Bo Callahan has fallen down the draft boards because he wasn't taken number one overall by fucking Yellowstone guy. And uh, they're like, wow, what a fall for the quarterback. You know, it's not, un- it's not rare to see quarterbacks fall like this, you know. We, I'm thinking right now I saw it with Dan Marino. More recently, we saw it with Geno Smith. They say it right there in the movie. Geno Smith referred to as a draft, as a draft faller. So, uh, you know, I don't know if anyone ever really referred to Josh Jobs, but at least Geno was immortalized in the fabulous documentary that is Draft Day. Um, Snake, I'm going to pick you for this one. You win. Congratulations. Um, sorry, Snake. Um, and so now we are moving on to, oh, this is our, this is our big game. This is the game of the week. It's bottom versus Derage. The fun thing about this is there has been absolutely no scoring so far. So it's a clean slate. Um, the not fun part about this is that we're literally talking about a matchup that is Russell Wilson and Sam Howell versus Patrick Mahomes and Dak Prescott. How the fuck did we get here? Why is this happening? Is football broken? Uh, Snake, take it away. Well, not only that, but it is broken because <laughs> fucking bottoms 
I mean, we've talked about it before, but like we haven't talked about the crassness that is the fact of his auto drafting. And he has a record that he has with that auto drafted team in a two quarterback league, yet he somehow has ended up with two top 15 quarterbacks and has survived with a guy who's been out for 10 weeks who is now back. So he has three quarterbacks who are all very good. Unbelievable. I mean, the fact that, and truthfully, Sam Howell for him was a pickup from him on the first week. And he's still, because, holding, on, still holding on to Desmond Ritter. No fucking and reason And so that's for on, I guess, us for not having seen that this is, like, he chose him because it was like there was not very many options that first week. And then here Sam Howell is the seventh quarterback in the league. And it's not going to change anytime soon because that team sucks. So is this the worst bench in all of finicky? We've got Ramondi Stevenson. Fine. On a bye. Cortland Sutton. Okay. Matt Gay on a bye. Kyler Murray. Okay. Desmond Ritter. CJ Mosley. The fuck are we doing here? Bottom. When are you going to play CJ Mosley over for you? Say When is that going to happen? I'm just perplexed by everything on this team. And yet it's fucking six and four and second in the West Division. No receiving cores. It's a good receiving core. Uh, the auto draft machine, it took advantage of us all taking quarterbacks early and gave him Debo, Mike Evans, Devontae Adams, Stefan Diggs. I missed Diggs by one fucking and pick. Four linebackers. DJ Moore, George Kittle, and then it proceeded to pick four fucking linebackers and then didn't touch quarterback to the very end and somehow he ended Russell Wilson. Sam fucking Howell. Um, okay. What well, it let's look at it this way right now. Bottom's projected for 165. Darius is not done making moves, but he's around 130. Does Darius stand a chance here? He's got Elijah Mitchell in there. Does Ooh, he know something yeah, he, we don't? I, well, I mean. JP, he better, he better yeah, be right. JP, talk to your boy. <laughs> so, okay, uh, let's just let's do a little bit of maybe fancy therapy here. One, hey, Derge, are you listening? Did you stick around for the fiftieth minute or whatever? Martavis Bryant is not a thing. Drop him. You don't need Martavis Bryant. Moving on, Steelers defense. Let's start them over the Jags. Let's just start them over the Jags. They're playing a person who has never played one good, of fo- good game of football in his life in DTR. Just put in the Steelers' D, drop Martavius Bryant, and um, replace Elijah Mitchell? Let's just see. Alexander Madison isn't a thing anymore either, I don't think. Let's look. Who do we got in the wire that could maybe supplement? Um, uh, I can't play any of those guys. Well, you waited a little too long for this. Quentin Johnson's not bad. A lot of injuries on that team. Quentin Johnson's not bad. Um, oh, I got it. I got it. Derge, I know you like to make your waiver pickups in the middle of the night, and Zach's not going to like this. Go out and grab Dalton Schultz. Grab Dalton Schultz right now, because Zach needs a new tight end. He probably doesn't have one on his bench. You need to go out there and grab Dalton Schultz right now. Drop my Jameis Bryant. Get Dalton Schultz. Start Lucky him. Zach 
Kyle Pitts is available for him to pick up. But he's on oh, next for, next, for next week. Yeah, and Zach can have Kyle Pitts. He loves Kyle Pitts. Everyone I wins. Love Kyle Pitts. You love Kyle Pitts. We all love Winner. Kyle Pitts, and he is available. Winner. Winner. Everybody wins. Everybody wins. Uh, but yeah, uh, Derge, uh, right now you're listening to this. You need to go get Dalton Schultz and start him uh, because it's absolutely inhumane for you to throw Elijah Mitchell in there. Unless maybe you're in Vegas and you know something, but also Alexander Madison. I don't know. Um, I would, yeah, I would, I would not be doing all of that. And also I think Jerry Judy's hurt. So I don't know. Look into it. Um, with that, unless Derrick Jay makes some changes, Andrew Bottom probably wins. But, uh, you know, fingers crossed, Derrick Jay, figure it out. Um, that's ridiculous. Absolutely. Oh, oh, before we actually leave the matchup, I need your perspective. And this has to do with Bottom and his dominance. Is Derrick Henry toast? You were the league's Derrick Henry expert, so you know his style, you know his trends. He's, he's doing this thing where he goes 11, 15, 2, 23, 5, 16, 12, 15, 2. Like, how's this going the rest of the season? Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's definitely looking like he's toast. Um, because I feel like, I mean, I don't watch a lot of their games and I don't have any stock of him anywhere, but from from the little that I have seen from having like Tajay Spears and stuff in leagues, like he just looks like he's not being used in the same regard as he was before. And maybe it's because they are just playing down in so many games. Tennessee themselves are not very good, so they don't have that ability to kind of just give it to him. And get, he, I remember he was always the kind of player that like for like, Two, you know, the first two quarters of the game, he wouldn't have very much. But then, like, by the time that the team was worn down that he was playing against, he would yeah. just rack up tons of points. And I just think that the team is – oh, excuse me. The, the, the Tennessee as a, as a whole is just not very good, and therefore he hasn't been getting his opportunities. It, maybe he's just starting to wear down. So I don't know. Um it's not looking good for him, though. It certainly is looking like this might be the end, especially now that they have someone who is kind of his – I mean, this is his last year on the contract, and yeah. he's kind of heir apparent is there and is looking fresh and can catch more. And, yeah, I I, I mean, he'll, he'll still play for someone, but I think uh, this is a little bit kind of like what we saw with, with Zeke, in my opinion. You know, like well, – Zeke was a bit young. I was going to try to look at the Brandon Jacobs, like, career – arc and like how did he do when he was 30 i was gonna try to look at that but i guess yeah. we also have to do how the giants went you know well also yeah i i mean i i think that derrick henry still got a few more years in him but I, I don't know if he's gonna be the the i mean i mean we've said it time and time again i think as far as like fantasy football mvps like decade mvps i mean it doesn't get much better than derrick henry right, right. like he's very much like Ladanian tomlinson like like very much like, you know, perennially in the top five, and I think that we're finally seeing that this is uh, or AP, catching. you know, Adrian Peterson. Like, 
you know, he'd change teams or whatever, but like for some reason, if like the Saints were like, we're starting Adrian Peterson, you're like, oh, well, then I'm starting Adrian Peterson. Like, and you would assume that it was the same thing. Like, yeah, he's on, this is like his last year with Tennessee. And it's it's not going well because the team isn't yet. But like when he goes to another team, eventually, like, do we do this again? Like, are are we? Is it King Henry again? I don't know. It's hard to hard to believe. So there's a few different ways of look. Like, there's a lot of stuff going on. Obviously, right? Derrick Henry's last year with the contract, Tennessee. Tennessee, their records shit, so they're not doing anything. They replaced uh, their quarterback. They got Will Levis in there, someone who could facilitate the ball a little bit better, someone who's young. They're really looking towards their future right now, seeing what Tajay Spears can do, seeing, you know, what their future holds for him. And so, yeah, I think they're phasing out Derrick Henry, especially more as, like, the season goes on. But next year, if Derrick Henry goes somewhere like Buffalo or Denver or, Lord forbid, Arizona, right, well, he's, he needs to be on a team where they, like, they inflict their will. Like, he's the perfect running back for, hey, we've got the lead, and now we're going to yeah. keep it. And a lot of people thought that meant he was going to Baltimore. It would have made all the sense in the world. But they probably thought they had something with Keenan Mitchell and got the Gus bus is healthy finally and not the time. But, like, man, he is a perfect fit for a team like Baltimore or a team that can get a lead and then keep it. It's honestly, like, why wouldn't? the Chiefs want him in the stables if he was on the right track. Because it's like Mahomes gets the lead, and then you just go in the third quarter and just run it. Just smash through people. Or the Cowboys. And just smash through people. I don't know. We'll see. I hate the Cowboys, but I would like to see Derrick Henry in an offense that would really use him. And, like, that would be the Cowboys. Derrick Henry running behind Zach Martin ain't too bad. Um, All right. Um, What other points did I have? Oh, you know what? Uh, I had a question about Sala because somebody was talking about him getting fired and him being on the hot seat. And it's like, I need an outside perspective. Do you think Robert... Oh, also, uh, Sam and I were starting to watch um, the uh, Hard Knocks, finally, because we never really watch it. Um, do you think Robert Sala is a good coach? I, I do think he's a good coach. I, I watch Hard Knocks, and... I I I I don't think he's the best coach, but I do think that he um, he has kind of a mindset that I like. I, I, let's put it this way: when I compare him to some of the other coaches in the league, I don't think that there. I think that there's a lot of coaches who are not very good that are just somehow getting by, right? Like I yeah. think that they're like. Uh, um, What's his name? Arthur Smith. I don't think he's a very good coach. I think he's just kind of getting by. And, and I, you know, and I, I don't think that the Chargers coach is very good. And, and so there's a lot of these guys. I think that Salah has the tools to be a good coach. I just think that he, they put all of their money in the fact of getting kind of the greatest thing a coach could have, which is like a Hall of Fame quarterback who, can make decisions on behalf of the coach and make him look good. And that was taken away from him. Right. right. And so like, but like, I mean, also shit. like it was solid. It's like, you look at everything. Let's go to Demarco Ryan's and they had like CJ Stroud. And I felt like it was almost like a, 
like a sliding doors moment where like, what if D'Amico got Zach Wilson? And what if Robert Sala got CJ Stroud? Like, is that change everything? Is that, is that how good he is? Like, is, I mean, these guys are, you know, similar coaches at the same system and like, I'm not fully convinced that'd be the case, but if they fired Sala, like, I feel like he's he, worth a shot. Like, the way he talked in Hard Knocks about having a quarterback that was good, you could tell that, like, it's the missing piece to his system. Yeah, well, and I mean, the elephant in the room is, too, and I know that in your household this is not going to go over very well, but the truth is is that they brought in, you know, uh, with Nathaniel Hackett too, as being their offensive coordinator and their offense is a disaster. And I'm yeah. not going to put all on him. He has a bad situation going on with, um, with, with Zach Wilson. Cause Zach Wilson's terrible. Right. However, as we saw last year, and I mean, Nathaniel Hackett, I do think is, uh, he's certainly a great person, but he, and I do think he's good, but I do think that it's a little bit of that, he is good because of having someone like Aaron Rodgers is the person. Exactly. That he- if you're only a good coach when you have a Hall of Fame quarterback, it probably means you're not that good of a coach. Right. And now we've seen him. He's had Russell Wilson, and now he's had Zach Wilson, and it's been a disaster. And so, you know, it's, you know, I mean, because here's the thing. Saul is a defensive guy. And the defense of the Jets, despite how bad their offense is, is still really, really good. And, yes, they have amazing pieces on their team. But, I mean, with an offense as bad as what the Jets have and the defense hanging in there as much as that they actually have done and have won primarily because of their defense, I think that just kind of goes to show that I do think he is a good coach primarily for the defensive side. But no one's going to win a lot of games with Zach Wilson. That guy sucks. Like having him, unfortunately, on my my team <laughs> the last few weeks because of uh, which Rick makes Aiden. you a good part for this uh, conversation. Yeah, having having Zach Wilson. It's I mean, the moment I turn around, I'm like, oh, this is the week that 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 Fields will come back, and I don't even care if Fields like doesn't do that well, and then he'll be like out, and then I'm like forced, and then I, you know, it's like I had then Tyrod Taylor. Tyrod Taylor goes down, and I'm like, God. Damn it, I still have to play Zach Wilson. Why the fuck am I playing Zach Wilson? He's so bad. And so I finally, I mean, I still have him on my team for fuck's sake. Because <laughs> just in case I get this surprise, you know, oh, it's, it sounds like I am going to be dropping him. Because it does sound like, so um, it does sound like Fields is finally coming back. But my goodness gracious, just watching him, having stock in him in, in, in fantasy is brutal. He's terrible. He is. I agree. I have to take a piss. I'm going to have Sam. Sam, sit down. I want you to read the schedule for the Seahawks going week 12 through 15 and start the conversation as, um, are we fucked? Yes, and absolutely. All right. We got the Rams. Let's hear your thoughts. How fucked? It's scary. Always, it's always scary against the Rams, you know? They're one of those teams that always have our number. And uh, the truth is, is like we shouldn't be scared of them. There's been times when they were the worst team in the league. And guess what? We, they played us very hard. And so it's always scary to play the Rams. It's funny. I feel like the Rams always have an electrifying offense when they play the Seahawks. Yeah. Only when they play the Seahawks. Um, all right. So week 11, it's going to be a tough one. 
San Francisco, week 12. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, my hope is, of course, that, you know, Seattle comes out there and, and you know, plays like the team that they played when they had lost three straight in a row. But I'll tell you what, when you see them last week, uh, they look good. They are a good team. And that's scary. <laughs> Julian, you've now been replaced. You, you can go to bed. I'll, I'll take the couch tonight. What'd you guys say? <laughs> <laughs> oh, shoot. All right. So, San Francisco, it's going to be a tough one. Uh, hopefully, Boye Mafe takes out Christian McCaffrey. Uh, I'm thinking probably first drive. Obviously, first play is ideal. First drive, more realistic. Uh Blown ACL, MCL, and meniscus all gone. Uh, Christian McCaffrey then retires. Wow, right there in week 12. <laughs> right. <laughs> this is my hot take. All right, well, then uh, week 13, we play Dallas. Delasse. And as a Texan myself. Uh, as a Texan? Hey, I'm a Texan. We're taking it? It, <laughs> it was a year in San Antonio. It, uh, first of all, it was 14 months. Okay. <laughs> Two months longer than a year. So, uh, Dallas, do you think the Seahawks could be Dallas, Snake? They can, but... (laughs) I mean, anyone can. Well, I just, um, I mean, Dallas, this past few weeks has looked incredible, um, but primarily... Which means they're due. They're due for a good old-fashioned ass-whooping. They're due for a fucking 200-yard game out of Dak Prescott. Yeah. God, we deserve it. But it's at Dallas, which makes it a little bit harder. You know what? Kenneth Walker gonna have a ecstatic game against Dallas. I'm calling it. I'm saying 210 yards, three rushing touchdowns, four catches for 55 yards. You know, I love our running backs, and I love our young, growing offensive line, but have you ever felt like we're really fucking pounding it down people's throats? Yeah, I I find that sometimes I get really, like, I watch – and they just will hand it off to Charbonnet, and I and I get it. He's a big dude, and they just goes for three yards. And then I'm like, really? Is that? It's, it seems more agility than it is that, power. You know, it's not it's like, not beast mode. It's not Derrick Henry. It's not power. It's like yeah, shooting the gap. You know. I'd say K9 has more power, but still. but he has it, but it doesn't feel like it a lot. He still dances a lot. He's a lot of agility. I I just. I think he's a strong agility guy. I don't know. I don't we need know. to sit him down yeah. and be like, listen, I mean, your longevity is going to be about four Even years. Chris Carson with powers. I mean. I mean, Walker is one of those kind of guys, though, that you can go and he'll get two yards, three yards, maybe even no yards, and then the next play he'll go 60 yards, right? Totally. Like he, he's like a, a big terrifying, guy. Yeah. He's a terrifying running back, but, like, uh, it does, doesn't feel like he's that, done yet. It feels like there's still a lot of growth. Let's do that. Yeah. Yeah. But with that, it doesn't feel like we can impose our will. You know, I was thinking about when I was trying to think about where Derrick Henry can go. And I was thinking about a team that, like, wants to get a lead and then fucking pound the ball to keep the lead. This is the way you would with Nick Chubb, the way you would Derrick Henry, the way for some reason the Niners can do with Christian McCaffrey. And it's like, um, yeah, that's. I feel like the Seahawks should be able to do that. I don't think we need Derrick Henry, but like we should be able to do it with the guys we got. And I don't know if we'll do it against Dallas. But, I mean, 
who knows? This will be a CD Lamb versus maybe a withers, you know, a spoon coming out party and lots of picks and whatever. Here's the fucking hard part. 12 San Francisco, week 13 Dallas, week 14 San Francisco. So, as long yeah. as we go around Sam's plan of ruining was it McCaffrey's entire knee, um MCL meniscus. That's Done. the the whole all the pieces uh Fuck me. Have we ever played San Francisco twice in three weeks? Is that a thing that happens? How the fuck are we just I, seeing this? I feel like we did that. Maybe it wasn't San Francisco last year, but I feel like we did that with one of the teams last year. Where it was like, why are we playing them like in a row? Like it was like a, we yeah. played them and went on a bye and I, then came back. And I think it was them. like the, like, the there was fuck? also like an end of the year where we played the Rams. We took someone else and we played the Rams. And that's when they were Super Bowl bound. So here's the shit part about all this is that it's big conference game, San Francisco, wild out of conference game, Dallas, big conference game, San Francisco, wild out of conference game, Philadelphia. We're playing Philadelphia in week 15. And then it's Tennessee, Pittsburgh, Arizona, which are all like, all right, fine. A fire a fair way to ease off the season. But this is a murderer's row. Well, if you can get through these next four games, then the, it's nice to have those last three ones the way that they are. It's not like, you know, if you're playing, you know, right. San Francisco at the last – like I'd rather play Arizona at the end of the year when they have nothing to play for than San Francisco and Dallas and Philadelphia. But, man, but, it makes this Rams game kind of a must win. It does. It really does. I mean, I mean – I feel like that's always the case with the Rams games, though, right? Because the Rams always play us really tough, and they, that is always a determining factor with the seeding of how we go. It just, right. it's. We've only been blown out once, and that was Baltimore. Every other game, Cincinnati loss, Rams loss, very close. In a lot of our wins, also very close. But, like, we haven't played anything like this. Baltimore was a really tough team. But the rest of our teams, we have not played, I guess Detroit, you could say. But, like, we really, at Detroit was a pretty tough game. But, man, at Dallas, at San Francisco, Philadelphia, that's a pretty fucking heavy three well, games in a row. Not to mention San Francisco right before it. We're going to know a lot about our team after those games. Like, once those games are done, we're going to know either, what, like, we're either going to be, like, we're either going to know that we are going to basically yeah. go to the playoffs or we're going to be done. Right, because it's there's not really a middle ground, I guess, unless we split some of the games. But like, but I mean, we will know, considering that all of those teams will be in the playoffs. Like, it's right. pretty much a certain. Like, we're gonna know how this goes. Also, gotta stay healthy. I mean, it's four weeks where we gotta fucking keep our dudes tip-top shape. Uh, well, a blue, a Lucas is coming back. That's so, the thing. I'm really excited for him to come back because holy shit, do we need like to be physical? I want us to be that, you know, physical win. We we've been out physical. We haven't actually been all that physical. So um all right. So the last thing is the Cougs. We're at the end of our season. We have two more games. We've Colorado tomorrow and then the Apple Cup. And then um what's our fucking record? <laughs> We are, uh, are we six and five? No, no, no. We're like four and six. Are we four and four six. And so is our best case scenario six wins? 
rankings. There we go. We are. Oh, don't show me all the rankings. Don't make me go all the way down. No, I'm not gonna look at all that. Um, here we are. We are four and six. So the best case scenario is we are six and six. So we have to win out to be bowl eligible. Um, uh, it's all about the Beavers and us winning this week. And good God, Beavers, don't listen to Andrew Bottom. Um, I was trying to think about last year where like we started hot and then we cooled down, but then we started to like do like a kind of a crazy winning you know we did like a win streak to get bull eligible and it's like oh wait but we're past that like we had four games left when we did that it's uh we're toast at this point like we just yeah i mean the only thing that we can hope for at this time is that is sticking it to the buffaloes just in order to get to get back at espn because espn has their heart on for freaking coach prime and and uh and then Ultimately, I mean, we can really, I mean, bull eligible, sure, that matters. But, like, ultimately, it's all comes down to is everything is, it's all against uh, about that Apple Cup, right? Like, I mean. Six-game losing streak. I mean, so much rides on that Apple Cup for the Huskies, too. Like, if, let's just say, I mean, hopefully they lose to the Beavers. Yeah. But. Even if they were, let's say, if they beat the Beavers, then they're going to the Apple Cup for an undefeated regular season. And if they lose to the Beavers, then they still have a chance to even really, like, you know, get a big-time bowl game. But, like, so Huskies are going to be playing hard. But, man, if they can lose to the Beavers and then just be demoralized to, like, you know, not play their best and then come into a, Coog's team that has nothing to lose and everything to gain from winning. Like, man, that's, that's, that's the story. That's the storybook ending we need as the Coogs. Cam Ward's just a junior. You know, we'll see. Uh, maybe we'll stick around next year. Um, all right. We're going to wrap up the ending. Yeah, I've got it running out of gas. Uh, I will say, man, the sun not staying up anymore. It's, uh, it really does make eight o'clock feel like a whole different thing when there's absolutely no sun. Whatever. Sure does. Same thing. Okay. All right. Uh, I guess to close it out, Mug, tell us about you quitting fantasy football. I am announcing my retirement as of tonight. Uh, I would like to thank all my sponsors, uh, my friends and family, uh, and most importantly, my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. All right. That did not take up as much time as I had hoped. Snake, uh, give me a prediction for the uh, final score. No, that's not. No, we're not going to do that. For the, yeah, for the Rams and Seahawks. For absolutely nothing college football because we're not going to touch the cursed territory of that. Rams and Seahawks is going to be a lot closer than the line is going to say. So it is going to be the Seahawks come out on top 28-26. Whoa, that's pretty good. All right, well, we've told you the past, and now we're telling you the future. This has been the Finicky Football Podcast, week 10 or 11. Not quite sure which one it is. Uh, thank you for listening. Tip your waitress, Snake. Thanks for partying. Well, we'll do some turkey day drinking. Sam, Lyle, we love you, Lyle. Woo! We also love Lyle. Sam, thanks for coming, and yet you're always present. Uh, again, this has been the Finicky Football Podcast. 
good finicky, fuck the huskies, and good night! Don't let what finish?